first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors and hope everyone is staying safe right now. But this week we have a lot of great people to talk to to get your minds off everything that's going on. The first guest we have is an extraordinary woman. She is Maureen Fon. She is CEO of Baobab Studios. Maureen, thanks so much for being on the show today. Great. Thanks for having me. Of course. So something I did not mention about the studio is that it is an animation studio that specializes in brand new mediums that are interactive, like virtual reality, augmented reality. And I find that so, so cool. You know, something that I love about your story before we talk about Baobab is that you didn't know initially what you wanted to do and you looked around. So for the audience who may be struggling with that and trying to decide what to do, what, how, how, could you describe the moments you knew this is what you want to do? What was the feeling that this is what I want to do? This is what I want to drive towards? Yeah. Well, even in college, I didn't. I knew I wanted to do something in film. Mm-hmm. So I looked up on the websites for all the film studios, the background, like what majors. And they said, like, econ, comps. I took all those classes, and they weren't that exciting to me. But when I took computer science, that was hard. And I love a challenge. So that made me really excited. But I also took a psychology class. And I liked that too. And I always liked art. And so I, I try to figure out what is something I could do that can bring together all these things that I love. And that's how I ended up determining that I was going to design my own major. Um, but I remember when I took my first computer animation class at Stanford and we had to model something in Maya and bring it to life. I just, I didn't want to go to sleep, right? I was just so excited about staying up to see that little thing come to life. And I never felt that excited. But I had always loved animation since I was young. It's just not something I knew was a job Mm -hmm. that I could do. I loved animation. To be totally honest, one of the reasons why I think I loved animation is I grew up in, um, um, on the East Coast and for my community I was the only Asian person in my elementary school and I remember being picked on a lot and my family my grandparents lived with me they only spoke Chinese and so I grew up in a very Asian household so I didn't necessarily fit in and I got picked on and I think animation was my escape mm. um, so I love to imagine I was in a different world. And so I always, I think I just always loved it. And so when there was a chance to actually do that, I, when I watch animation, I feel invincible. I feel like I can do anything. It brings me back to that five-year-old sense of self where you think everything is possible. And one of my great beliefs in life is that people have so much more potential than they realize, but something happens when you get older that makes you think that you have to conform to what society wants you to do. There's a set path. Um, You have to fame, money, fortune, power. And when I watch animation, I remember that I don't have to follow all those rules. I don't have to do things the way everybody tells me. I can bring that five-year-old self back out and do anything, and I can achieve anything. And so that's what animation does for me. But to be totally honest, half the time when I made decisions, I didn't know if it was the right choice. And I was very stressed out about it. But I just remembered my professor's advice. It doesn't matter. 
somehow this experience, I'll learn from it, I'll learn if it's what I want, and I'll make connections and meet friends that will help me later on. And I would not be here today if I didn't have all those experiences. It seems like it was all over the place, but... Like my UI designer friends helped me design my website. They helped me create my pitch deck from when I was there. From being a culture anthropologist, I know how to talk to people and understand how to manage both creative people as well as, say, engineering and business people because it takes different ways. But anthropology is all about being quiet and learning and learning how to listen and asking the right questions, much of what you know how to do today. Um, And then the business school, right, taught me how to deal with the hardcore business aspects because oftentimes when you're in the creative industries, um, it can be you just want to follow your heart and just do art. And while I love that, there still needs to be, still got to make money to survive. So having those skills are great too. So all of these experiences ended up helping me somehow. Very well put, and it clearly has worked out as Baobab has won multiple Emmys. You can see some of the awards behind us beautifully. You are also the producer of The Dam Keeper, an Academy Award-nominated short film. Congratulations on that. I also want to ask you that you are very young for such an accomplished CEO. What tips would you give to the kids? I know that connections were very important in the forming of Baobab, so could you talk a little bit about the importance of connections? What other tips you would give to kids who want to be one day as successful and as passionate about you? Absolutely. Um, So in terms of tips, it would be don't let people tell you you have to fit inside a bucket, whether it's you're the introvert, extrovert bucket, you're a creative or you're a suit, like a business person. You have to do this major. You imagine the world you the way you want it to be and then find a way to make that happen. And there will be people there to help you because they, one, are inspired by your passion, but also you're working hard in whatever it is that you're doing now. So it's not like, I just have a dream and I have no idea how to get there and I don't have the skills to get there. When you're working hard and doing whatever it is you're doing, whether it's being a janitor, whether it's you know washing dishes, whatever it is that you're doing, being a waitress, if you are doing it well and they see that you have the work ethic to do it well, they will want to help you achieve your dreams. People in general, I believe, are nice and they want to help you achieve your dreams, especially if they like you. So um, my connections and my friends have been extremely helpful to me. For example, Glenn Entis, who you've spoken to, um, he was, uh, he's retired and he was consulting at Zynga um, as a creative consultant to help spread creativity around Zynga. When I realized that he was Glenn Entis, I immediately went up to him and said, will you be my mentor? And he said, I'm really busy. I'm not sure if I have time. Um, You'll have to ask my wife. And I said, I'm going to become best friends with your wife. And then I went up and just refused to say no. Um, So then he became my mentor. And he's actually the one who introduced me to Eric Darnell, my co-founder. When I decided to start my company, I said, do you know any directors? And it turns out that Eric is the second highest box office grossing animation writer director of all time. So An- Andrew Stanton is number one, Brad Bird is number three. So I really lucked out that because he, he hired Eric into PDI DreamWorks Animation. And then when I asked, um, I asked Glenn, can you introduce me to Ed Catmull? Because I would love for him to be advisor. He said, no, there's going to be a Disney conflict of interest, but I can introduce you to Alvy Ray Smith, the co- uh, the other co-founder of Pixar, who helped 
invent the alpha channel, you know, like transparency. Isn't that amazing? And then afterwards, Alvi said, you know, Maureen, I don't like games and I don't believe in VR. So I don't think I'm the best person. And I said, just, just let me meet you. <laughs> just be persistent. And then after that happened, I put the headset on him and then he, he was sold. Um, so be persistent. And then he, I asked him for advice for advisors. He introduced me to Glenn Keane, who's the most famous living animator out there. You know, he animated Aladdin, Beauty and Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, like all that. So he became our advisor too. So it's all through these connections. And then Tim Letourneau is another advisor. And he um, was, used to be the head of the Sims franchise. And he was my boss at Zynga. So he helped me too, as well as, and then Eric Darnell's um, executive producer for all the Madagascar films was Mireille Soria. Mm -hmm. And so he asked her. So it's all from people we knew. Even my first investor ended up being a product manager who was on Farmville, who became a venture capitalist. And he told his team of partners that, you know, I really believe in Maureen because I worked with her and she's crazy. <laughs> so I know she'll work really hard to make this happen. So it was all from all my, my entire career. Even, even my Stanford professors came out to help me. It's just all from keeping in touch with people and making sure that whatever it was I was doing, I, I, did my, I gave it my all. I think that's so true and so important, especially in the film industry. Connections are so important. And I also like what you said about there is no set career path. Now, we are running low on time, but I want to address what I think is very important, especially in this industry, that is a work and personal life balance. We are in your home right now instead of an actual office. And what I like about that is that this is, you know, your life. And how do you balance this life here at home with your passion project and work? Well, I think being an entrepreneur is a great thing. And if, remember when I was saying, don't let people bucket you, choose your own path. Being an entrepreneur is a great way to do that because you don't have a boss. You can, <laughs> you can decide exactly the way you want to design your life, just the way you want to design your company. So being an entrepreneur, while very stressful at times because everything in a way sounds awful, but is your fault. <laughs> Anything that happens bad is your fault at the company. So it's high stress, but it does mean that I get to design my life. So being able to start your own company really gives you that ability. Thank you so much for talking to us about your career and your experience. For our audience, make sure to check out their many wonderful, wonderful films that, in my opinion, are defining an entire new genre where video games, movies, and stories all combine in this beautiful, beautiful mixture. For our audience, make sure to check out the amazing, amazing films that Maureen Font at Baobab Studios has worked on. Her work is truly exceptional. I definitely recommend it. But let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, 
properties and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we have a lot of amazing people to talk to. But first, we're going to be talking about a film about some amazing people. It is Critical Thinking. We're going to be talking with Rowan about this film. Rowan, can you tell us a little bit about what this film is about? Like I mentioned, it's about some incredible people, incredible story. And overall, what did you think of the film? Well, it it follows the the chess team from Jackson Jackson High School on their journey through the the US National Chess Championship. And it really goes in depth about like their character and their life and every detail about this period of time for them. Now, I love inspirational stories. They are one of the best stories that film can show because they encourage us to do actions and rethink about our lives and look at things in a new perspective, I guess. So this film, did it leave you with a moral or a message or kind of like a, a sense of you wanting to do something more? Or did it not really have that emotional impact by the end? Um, well, I feel like that wasn't really what it was trying to do. Well, it did give like kind of a positive emotional message. It was more focused on telling their story and getting people to try rather than motivating people to... Uh, sorry, I've lost my words, sorry. No problem. And it, motivating people in, to, like, try and accomplish things despite things that are against them, rather than just to, rather than just the message of trying to accomplish things. So, like, I think that's very good. It's, a, it's focusing on that, avoiding, ignoring obstacles. I think that's good. I think that does give it a very realistic sense and a very natural sense. Now, it is about chess championships, and although I love chess so much, I think it's an amazing sport. It is a very long sport, and it is a sport with very little action in it because most of it is thought. It's a thought-based sport. So how do they counter the fact that chess is not the most visually interesting sport while still making the story entertaining? Well, they don't show many, like, core games of chess. They show two, as far as I remember. And the, the, the first one is really well integrated into the story. It's, like, 
it's like a famous game, and they use the 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 moves in the chess game kind of mirror the story that's going on with the people. And then the second game is at such a climactic point where like there's been so much build up that you're able to watch the entire game, and it it really actually seems like suspenseful. I love that so much. That is so very creative. Good for them on being able to do that because it is very hard to do things like that. And now something that's very stereotypical about uh, sports games or sports films, excuse me, is that you're like, okay, they're going to win at the end unless it's a few exceptions we will not spoil. So did you feel that the story was kind of boring because you knew just from the plot what was going to happen at the end? Or did they create the story in a way that still excited you and still made you want to see what happens next? Well, like, for like the first 20 minutes, it was like kind of, you felt like you knew they were going to win. And then they like threw in the like, this actually happened, but they were like the twist. They it made it so sudden and unexpected that like it was like you're unsure what would they were going to do next because of how just sudden and shocking what happened was. Not going to spoil. Again, credit to the story that is so creative and so well done. The writer is Dito Montiel. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your name, but all the credit to you. Amazing job, it seems. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have a show packed full of amazing guests, but right now we are talking with Rowan about Critical Thinking. It is a brand new film following the true story of the Miami Jackson High School chess team making it to the U.S. National Chess Championship. And Rowan, I want to switch over to the production side of things now. Now, the director is John, and John, I'm going to mispronounce your last name, John Lugazamo. Hopefully I pronounced that right. How do you think he did in uh, managing the story and leading the story? And he is also an actor playing Mario Martinez. So do you think he was able to do both a great performance and a great uh, directing in the film? Well, his performance was incredible. Like, actually, if, if he, he was a real person. It felt like he, he really did a good job with acting. Do I do feel like directing wasn't that strong? It was... Like, it was fine. It wasn't, like, standout, impressive how, like, they organized things. And they're, like, there were kind of some, like, mistakes with continuity and shots. But it was, like, it, was, it wasn't bad enough that it, like, took you out of the story. It, like, because that's what really the focus of the film was, the story. And it didn't have to have, like, beautiful shots or incredible music design and stuff. You know, that does happen a lot when a director is so stressed where they have to do acting, they have to do directing, sometimes they do writing, sometimes they even do the editing. So they're like in all steps of production, and it's a hard job to be a director at all. So it's understandable, and it's glad, it's good that his performance was exceptional, but we also have an entire rest of the cast aside from him. So acting in general, what did you think of it? Because it does follow a group of high school students, so that's definitely not the easiest roles to play. Well, it... it- it, it definitely varies. There are some who did, like, a really good job. Like, I liked the I liked the guy who played Marcel. He did quite a good job with the character, making him kind of feel like the odd one out in the situation. But, yeah, some of them were definitely misses on, like, acting. Marcel's played by Jeffrey Batista. And <clears throat> do you think that that took away from the film? Do you think he kind of distracted from enjoying the film? Well... I feel the core, like four or five people, if you include the, if you if you include Mr. Mario Martinez, 
and those four kids were good actors. Like they 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 did a good job portraying. But yeah, some of the other kids that they were interacting with felt like they were kind of just not really dedicated to the role. Mm. That's sorry to hear, but this is technically a period piece. It's weird to say this, but 1998 is a long time ago now, so it is a period piece. Do you think they were able to show the time period well? Because even though 1998 seems very, very recent, especially for some of us older critics, it is a long time ago. It is several decades ago, and society was very different. So in terms of set design, costume design, music even, do you think it matches the time? Well, like, I didn't really notice that, like, at all. It, like, it felt like it could have taken place modern day, like, now, and it wouldn't have looked that much different. That's fair. There's definitely, it's interesting, some films that take place in the 1990s, like, go full-on, costumes, everything needs to look like 1990s. Others kind of blend the times, doesn't really look that different. But overall, how many stars would you give critical thinking and why? Uh, 4.5, 4.5 stars, because, like, the story and the characters are built up really well, and while there are some, like, flaws in the actual, like, production, it's, like, those characters and story, it's written really well, and it's impressive. That's so good to hear, and because this does follow a story that has some pretty serious things, it's about inner-city kids, it's about chess, which is not exactly the most kid-friendly sport out there, but I guess no sport really is. What age range would you give this film, and why? I'll give it a range of 13 to 18, because it does cover some pretty mature topics within. Very understandable, but it seems like a great film, something that I'm very interested in. Ron, thank you so much for talking to me about Critical Thinking. Thanks for having me. Of course. For our audience, make sure to check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Voice America is available on your Google Connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, 
uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and our next guest is Carlos Santos and JJ Soria from Netflix's Gentrified, and I'm going to be handing it off to Benjamin to host the segment. This is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be interviewing J.J. Soria and Carlos Santos from the new Netflix series, Gentified. So first and foremost, this show is about family. Um, How do you craft an authentic dynamic with your co-stars? Well, I say it's authentic and real. It's uh, what you see on there is how we are in life in in the sense that the chemistry we have is genuine and real. Yeah, first of all, thank you, Benjamin, for having us uh, on Kids Now. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, to your question, I feel like we had a lot of chemistry coming into it, and that's something that, uh, as you know, is not it doesn't happen to a lot of people. Like groups of people might come together and work really well, but not have chemistry. So I feel like we were blessed to immediately start out the gate with so much chemistry. Like we just met in the audition, uh, Carrie, JJ, and immediately just like just started uh, working together, and and that usually is a good sign that it's going to be good, right? Because you feel like there's a lot of intimacy when you start working together and you believe that we're actually cousins. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes from. Um, Mr. Santos, I saw you got to Thank be... Thank you. This is very nice. You know what? <laughs> I saw you, you know what? I'll take it. Benjamin, what's your last name, Benjamin? Price. Mr. Price, uh, I'll allow it. Go on. <laughs> I saw you got to be in Bud Light's most recent Super Bowl yes. commercial. Yes. How did that opportunity come about? And can you t- just talk about that experience? We can bit? absolutely 100% talk about it. I auditioned the old-fashioned way. You know, I'm at a point in my career where nothing, I don't get offers. Maybe after this, maybe if this interview takes off, then maybe I can get offered to do stuff. No, I auditioned for it. Uh, a lot of times, uh, towards the end of the year, a lot of Super Bowl commercials start auditioning and, and, and so that they can have them ready by the time the Super Bowl rolls around. And this was actually interesting because I did it. I did. I shot one of the commercials right before I went for break, and I had to shoot one right after. Uh, but it was, you know, it was great. Tough, tough, it was tough. <laughs> it was a four-hour process to get all the tattoos to look like Post Malone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was your favorite scene to shoot over the course of the season? Go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. Talk about my tattoos, uh, the fake okay. ones. Give me. Uh, favorite scene is hard to pick one. It, I, I would pick one of many that I have favorites of. Uh, we I, we have shoot. What's what's one of what's one of ours? Help me. Of ours? Yeah. Oh, I don't don't put it on me. It's your. I know. It's my question. But come on. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll, I'll, the one where he where he comes in. Uh, His favorite scene is my, my scenes. <laughs> in Banja, where where I'm at the di- where we're at the dinner. Me and Lydia are at the dinner. Yeah. And oh yeah yeah yeah. You know that that, that yes yeah. You know what I love about that scene is I for my from my at least for my shots, and he's in the background. It's actually I mean it's both of our shots. He's in the background. Do you know restraining? You know having his having his moment, and I am didn't never looked. I never looked. I just I just went with how he sounded, and that was affecting me. And just having to, yeah, I wanted to go look back so bad, but 
restraining from doing that and just using all the ah and the uh, dan, dan, all the all those all the stuff that he was going through for just I, I just wanted him to shut up and get out because I you know that's not supposed yeah. to be the case. This we're supposed to be at some other place. He's not supposed to work there. Mm-hmm. And the more sound came out of his mouth, the just deeper in in the crap I was. Mm-hmm. You know? I um that was fun. I didn't know what the shot was gonna be because I was just doing it so the camera I didn't know that he was going to be in the shot so when I saw it it was, it was great because p- part of it is me I, I I had to work a lot for that scene and he just had to like hold face but his reactions were so great and they really heightened the whole thing so I loved I did uh, that was a good uh, all the scenes in, the, in Manja were really funny when I punched a guy oh yeah that, yeah, yeah that was fun that was a stunt <laughs> that was a stunt <laughs> um, what are you most excited for people to see from the first season of this show what I'm most excited about is to uh, quite honestly be a, a vessel of inspiration uh, to be part of something that people are going to see and, and feel represented by and we're already we're already seeing via social media the effect it's having on people and that quite honestly brings tears to my eyes to I, I, I didn't get into this to be any to like spread messages or anything like that I got into this to have fun you know and I'm very fortunate to make a living at it and um now be a part of something that has impacted uh, a community and to be a part of something like that that is priceless no did you want to no 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 you have a follow up no I thought you were going to say something listen I don't don't have to answer this is your show man hey Benjamin Mr. Price I don't have to answer no it's fine (laughs) I'd like to hear both answers okay you're too nice Um, I think I agree with him I think that it's a special special show just based on the fact that people are reacting so positively we wanted to do that i keep saying in theory we wanted to to have a show that people could relate to that could people could feel seen uh feel like they're worth their stories right because a lot of a lot of stuff that happens in hentified it's a lot of second usually they're secondary characters and you see in in other shows or in movies so this is a great opportunity where all these characters turn out to be three-dimensional characters and they have their own story and it really and it really shines a light where previously had just been like a little sliver of you know so I think it's special and I think people are really seeing after the show like we've seen some people like react to it and like now when they're in Los Angeles they see things that they didn't even realize they're like wow all these things that we saw on the show now we're seeing it and we have a better appreciation for for that so it's special so lastly if you were to own a taco joint like Mama Fina's Mm -hmm. what would you call it and why mine would be called uh, Antanasio's named after my grandfather who actually had a little cafeteria back in the day and um, it does actually is a, a personal goal of my own to open up one in honor of him because he was my father figure for a short period of time in my life um, and I actually get to vicariously live out the relationship I would have loved to have had with him through Joaquin who plays pop um, so I would name it Antanasio and, and it would be a I probably do a fusion of kind of like because I'm I'm more of a health conscious person, so I would want to make it gourmet, if you will, and on a health on a healthier health conscious type of taco and and thing of that nature of like healthier um, Latin food, you know. Well, that's a nice. Uh, that's very uh, to the hard answer about your is it your grandfather? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's too nice. I can't have bits now, but I would say. I would say, and by the way, when he says healthy, he just means putting stuff in a, a like piece of lettuce. That's wow. that's not even. Well, we won't go there. Uh, I think I would. Um, I don't know. I would think I would call it. You know, my my two last names are Santos Cordero, which literally translates to Saint Lamb. 
uh, and I think it's hilarious when you say it in English. So I, I, I think if it's called Saint Lamb Tacos, I think people would think it's just like a Greek thing, but it's not. I'll, I won't have any lamb tacos. It's just because my last name. So I'll confuse. But what I'm saying is that I'll be bankrupt uh, within a year <laughs> because it's not a good plan. I'm not. I'm not good. Uh, I'm not a good business person. Well, congratulations Thank on the you. show. Uh, you can check out the full first season of Gentified on Netflix. Thanks so much for Carlos Santos and JJ Soria for talking to us today. To our audience, let's take a quick break. I'm your host, Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orson. We have more guests from Netflix's Gentrified. We're going to be talking next with Jaleesa Cauldron, Carrie Martin, and Andy Gonzalez. Once again, Benjamin will be hosting the segment. Back to you, Benjamin. Hello, this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be interviewing Julissa Calderon, Annie Gonzalez, and Carrie Martin from Gentified, a new Netflix series. So when you first read the script, what about the show most spoke to you? I mean, it's family. It's us. It's our everyday life. I think that's the most special part about this show is... Um, seeing our authentic self what we live every single day you know uh on this show for sure Mm -hmm. 
I think for me, the thing that resonated the most was the language Mm -hmm. um, on paper. It wasn't trying to be anything. It was just casual dialogue. And I think they understood with the right casting, it was going to come to fruition the way it needed to be. It wasn't trying to be any more Latino than it needed to be. It just was. And we added, I mean, obviously we can't be anything other than that, you know? (laughs) Just brought ourselves to it. Um, I would say for me, it's the fact that there was... (laughs) A Dominican girl, yeah, uh, Afro Latina in a in a in a show that we never see. So that in itself was like, I'm in. I'm yeah. In. So going off of first impressions, in what ways did you relate to each of your characters? Oh <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, I I probably like the most. Um, uniquely different than my character but I think that's what I loved about it because I feel like as actors you want to be pushed and to be pushed in such a great way and represent um my community the Latino community as well as the LGBTQ community was incredible and empowering and such an honor so I feel like even though I didn't relate to her we found each other as we told the stories through this season for sure yeah i would say i related to her immediately right we're so similar i think the only difference between us is the fact that she is a queer woman and i'm not but there was something so beautiful and magical about Mm -hmm. walking in her shoes and understanding her life Mm -hmm. that it opened my world up to something that i don't think i've ever even thought of Mm -hmm. yeah agreed I definitely related to my character. I'm born and raised in East LA and I feel like I saw my mom in Lydia. I saw my tias in Lydia. I saw a woman who was empowered by her community, went and got an education and wanted to go back and empower them again. You know, she was empowered and she knew that her community was worth pouring into and that's exactly how I feel about my experience being born and raised in East LA. So I was like, yeah, we out here. <laughs> so Miss Calderon, I saw you worked quite a while on a BuzzFeed's Peril like YouTube channel. I'm curious, how did your experiences there help prepare you for your work on Gentify? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Well, I feel like for one, I brought in the, I, I think that I was talking about the Latino community. That's what I did, right? It was making videos about Mm -hmm. our community and telling our stories in a way that I only knew and that I hadn't seen. And I think this is exact. It's seamless to what this is. And and the transition was so easy Mm -hmm. to go from one Latino platform to the next Latino platform, I think the biggest and best part of it for me is allowing all of those people that were on that ride with me from the beginning to now come on board with me here and them following me on this journey. It just shows them like we can do everything anything. and anything. We just got to work at it. Yeah. Um, and Miss Martin, so if your IMDb page serves me correctly here, uh, you've been I casting. Love you. Yeah, I love you. I love you. <laughs> Um, You've been the casting assistant on Dolomite Is My Name, Bad Boys for Life, and several others. Um, Can you just talk about, like, what exactly you do as a casting assistant and what that's like? Yes. So, um, I don't do that anymore, but um, it was an amazing experience. Um, Seeing it from behind the scenes, the process that we basically went through from behind the scenes really helped, I think, uh, mold me as an actor 
in the sense that I knew I was enough when I walked into an audition room and I knew that what what I put forth was almost that's all I could do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. past that it's somebody else's decision so it's not up to me to hold on to the pressures of am I going to get the next call just go in there and confidently own the room Um, in regards to what my experience was with even those projects it it helped me appreciate what producers um, executives behind the scenes that are making choices about us are doing and realizing that it's not just one voice or, well, yeah, let me go back. It's not just one voice making those decisions. There's a lot that goes into it, kind of like I said before. Uh, but I worked very closely with a lot of the actors for Bad Boys for Life, which was incredible. So getting to be in chemistry reads with Will Smith and Alexander Ludwig and Vanessa oh, Ann Hudgens and Charles Melting was the most incredible part. And I say this often that actors like those are fellow colleagues now really oh. are like I took pieces yes our fellow colleagues our fellow colleagues we took you know I took bits and pieces from the confidence and the uniqueness that they brought into the rooms and I I mean I do not think I would be where I am today if it wasn't for having had that experience <laughs> so what about the show are you most proud of the show itself it's yeah. just it's Overall. I mean like it's us it's our family it's each other mm-hmm. it's literally who we are yeah. offset as well like that energy that vibe along with you know the boys it's that and so grateful for how it's being received I mean we've been getting so many beautiful messages that are not only pertaining to the work that we did but you can tell that it's the whole encompassing project as a whole and what it means not only for the community the La- the latino yes. community but just for a community of people who want to see the human experience of coming of age stories of multi-generational love of first gen experience to not feeling like you're latin enough to feeling like you can't assimilate and it's just all of these beautiful storylines that wrapped in together you're like oh i see myself we've had messages from people from Dubai or Australia or Philippines I had India and I'm like what like this is crazy (laughs) thank you so much so I think we're just we understand like the the weight that this project holds and we're so grateful to be able to try and uplift it as much as we can but it just also shows that there was a void because everyone's grabbing onto it and they're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. where, where where has something like this been? That just goes to show that there was such a void that people needed on TV to see themselves and this finally is showing them. To see themselves, like, yes. this is me, this is us, this mm-hmm. is my family, these are my friends. I'm so thankful that this is even happening. I yes. think that's what makes me so proud of it. Yeah. This is me. This is us all the way to India. Yeah, like all of the above. Like, how? Like, yeah, I'm, I think that's so cool. This is me. This is us all the way to India. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on the show. Uh, you can check out the full first season of Gentified on Netflix right now. Uh, this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First. Thank you so much for the cast and crew from Gentrified for talking to us today. 
That is our show. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. This week's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Hope everyone has a good night and stay safe. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.